Okay, so this one was one where, like, part of the dream that I had about, you know, the fact that we were recording. Yeah. I had a really weird dream. This is the one where I actually got one of my dragon ideas from that dream. It was cornbread. It was, it was not about cornbread, though. Okay. Um, oh, I yeah, no, I messaged Adam this morning because I had a dream that I came here to record, but it was at Dan's house. So imagine this because you your mind doesn't know what doesn't Adam's know house Adam's looks like. So it's like um, the table. But as I when I showed up and I started going through my notes and like going over what I wanted to talk about, there was like twelve other people started showing up, like just these random people, and like the table was like stuffed full of people. And then we started doing the intro. One girl actually started talking about rolling for breast size. I'm pretty sure that's because in my head, that's you, everybody just always talks about rolling for dick size. So I just kind of transferred that into my own brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we used a piece of cornbread to kind of determine who was supposed to be speaking. That was the process. Well, that's, I mean, it's better than what we do here, right? Yeah. Where we just decide ahead of time. We don't actually have dice. We just drop dominoes. And yeah. we decide ahead of time that uh, Dan needs to go last. <laughs> and, has to, and we have to disagree with anything he says, right? That's, That's true. So, um, do you guys want to launch into a proper cold open? Megan, you're back for another week because Dan hates us. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. I, he told me that he really doesn't like you guys. So. This whole this whole back injury thing he is does or bullshit. He, doesn't. he does not like you guys. How long is his fucking back been injured as well, by the way? He keeps re-injuring it. That's a problem. And, and When you have three kids... And a physical job, and like three young kids that need to be picked up and dealt with. And you, Dan's got an active life, and every time that he thinks he's getting a little bit better, he then goes to the chiropractor to break his back again. Man, get it together, it. Dan. Fuck, get it together, Dan. All right, we've all got we've all got people running around calling us daddy. Okay, you don't hear me complaining about it. Megan, you're back. Yep. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. It was, a, it was a good solid month, week, three days. How long? Week. We all kill the magic for them, okay? <laughs> they, I think some of them think it's live, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a good time. Just Rackham thinks it's live yeah. because she'll she she hit pause and send me messages. Yeah. And then hit play again. As though we're actually like inside of her stereo just speaking. And then when she pauses it, everybody just agrees to be quiet for the two minutes that she orders her coffee or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> No. I was telling Adam I was like kind of nervous about this because I was thinking about what I do in real life, which is streaming. So people, what I say, people hear. Yeah. Right? Um, so I was just like, oh my god, I'm going to screw this up so bad. Like, oh <laughs> no, you're not. We're doing all right so far. <laughs> the amount of ways that people could have fucking lost their minds. You should have. Be, we should have people kicking down the door, pitchforks, torches, burning <laughs> us alive by now, calling us witches. But we're doing all right. It's okay. But I was like, so, hey, for podcasts, you can edit what I'm saying, which is very wonderful. So yeah. Well, yeah. Tech- Technically, you can edit what you're saying, but there's going to be a point in this episode where you'll go, uh, let's make sure that we edit that out. Yeah. My favorite part that nobody gets to hear is Terry says, yeah, we're going to have to edit that out. And Dan, Dan, if I hear this in the fucking episode, I am telling you I'm going to be so mad at you. Aww. You need to edit this out. And he will actually tear Dan a new one. Yeah. And we cut it out every time. I like it. Hold on, I said you one of these. <coughs> okay. No, I'm going to do one as well. <coughs> Adam? No. No, no, no I'm not partaking. I don't think, it, I don't think Adam's ever coughed. On an I, coughed I coughed once. And this is episode 38. You've never coughed yet. I, I, I was very upset with myself the one time I did it. <laughs> you went home. And did and you, you ask to edit it? You went home and you beat yourself. Not that. Uh, that's not. You know oh, I mean. okay. You know, no, Megan, when I didn't, I didn't mean that. Like I just meant like he whipped himself or something. That I like still. Like you're, not, you're not helping. That's not the same thing. Think about right. Should we just cut to the opening titles? <laughs> okay, go roll up.
welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. All right, welcome to the It's a Mimic show. I will be your dungeon master tonight. My name is Terry. On my left, à ma gauche, is... Megan! À ma droite, is... On my right. No, no, say it again, though. À ma droite. Okay. À ma droite. Which one? One straight ahead, one's right, and I forget in the moment which one it is. Uh, I I have I remember French from from grade school because Canada right we have to learn it is right and I I know how it's spelled I don't know how it's said yeah anyway is Adam hi how are you yeah okay well (laughs) fuck we're getting good at this (laughs) and tonight's topic is probably my favorite so far that we've covered we are covering black dragons so what we're going to do guys we're going to do a breakdown of black dragons i'm going to start with the little ones work my way up to the big ones i'm going to tell you a little bit about black dragons um where they come from what they're like what they uh where they take their pleasure uh and what they're likely to do uh in any given situation okay so i'm going to take you through a little bit directly from the monster's manual i won't read it all um i'll just give you the uh the cliff notes on it but black dragons are the most evil tempered and vile of the chromatic dragons black dragons collect the wreckage and treasures of fallen peoples these dragons loathe seeing the weak prosper and revel in the collapse of humanoid kingdoms. Basically, black dragons are very sadistic and will take a lot of pleasure in your misfortune. What are you offering me here? This is a beer. Oh, this a beer. Megan is, beer. This is a uh, Moody Ales Lavender Sour. Oh, I love Not Moody sponsored Ales. by, but if you would like, that'd be great. Sponsor us. Okay, I'm, I mean, I'm I, in, I love a sour beer. I'm into it. I'm going to try it. I mean, I'm in the middle of my breakdown of dragons, but they can wait, so. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Let's go in the middle. I'm Thanks, nervous Megan. Nervous with the electronics. Yeah. I. Ooh, that's kind of nice. You like it? Yeah. Oh, a little bit of a sour. I like that lavender. Can mm-hmm. I put mine inside this dice box? Is that okay? It's a little tilted. Is it a little? Is it, a little... it makes me nervous. Is Can it I okay? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> let's right leave. Let's it. leave all. Oh of yeah, this you're in. right. I could have put it three inches to the north, Just and it would have. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been okay. <laughs> okay. Black dragons, brutal and cruel. All chromatic dragons are evil, but black dragons stand apart from for their sadistic nature. A black dragon lives to watch its prey beg for mercy and will often offer the illusion of respite or escape before finishing off its enemies. The same thing that I like to do with my enemies. Um, and your dates. And my, and my, yeah. oh, oh, God. Baby. It's a big accusation. It's never been proven, okay? <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So here's why I need you to not talk about that stuff right now, because there is there's been a black sedan hanging out outside my apartment for a few days now. And now you can't go back. And now I can't. (laughs) Okay, but let's talk about black dragons' lairs, okay? Black dragons dwell in swamps and on the frayed edges of civilization. A black dragon's lair is a dismal cave, grotto, or ruin that is at least partially flooded, providing pools where the dragon rests and where its victims can ferment. Interesting. The lair is littered with acid pitted bones of various victims and the fly-ridden carcasses of fresh kills watched over like over by crumbling statues centipedes scorpions and snakes infested lair which is filled with the stench of death and decay all right i gotta pause you you can pause me okay so fermenting its food yeah are we talking pickling or are we talking alcohol i would hope that because it's black a- dragons tend to be a little bit depressed in life that they just like to drink do you think that their immunity to act <laughs> <laughs> do you think their immunity to acid means that they're they'll get drunk easily? I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I never really thought about it that deeply. They're but, basically uh, the emo version of all dragons, so I just feel like they're the ones. They are, and I'll like, tell you, I don't know if they're necessarily emo. They okay, you know what? We'll get to this later. This yeah, is so what I this is what I love about their look as well, because 
over time, their 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 skin does start to corrode and starts to peel back towards their face, but and their face is very it's very skull like, very raw yeah. The, the skin is like taut over it, and yeah, like with the deep sunken eyes, they look like a demonic skull with their like their fangs all seem to be hanging out over yeah. over their lips, both upper and lower. It's not like they have an underbite or an overbite; they just have like almost Teeth. like like. Yeah. Their teeth are very outward. Outwards, yeah. yeah. They're not, like, hidden. They're almost like, when they close their eyes, it's almost like an alligator, like, teeth exploded outwards. Is it it crocodile or alligator where the teeth are visible when the mouth is closed? One of them. Oh, that's going to be an internet thing. I don't know. Okay, internet, tell us. Rackham is looking it up right now. She already knows, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She already knows. Um, (laughs) We're not there, but Rackham, okay? You can't just yell the answer at us. This happened... But the other... Yesterday, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that I like about them is their horns are more... Um, easily recognizable than anybody else because they come, they swoop down and forward. Yes, right instead of up. They and come out the side of their skull. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they look almost like tusks. Right? Yeah. Like, so are they usually like white? So they like you can white, see and then they move black. darker, and they yeah. can go as dark as black at the very tips. Yeah. yeah, and then they got the big ass fin. There's such a distinctive look. Mm-hmm. I like their look. That and the blue dragons, I think, are probably my two favorite um, looks that a, that a dragon gets. You know, yeah. all lore except fifth ed, black dragons are supposed to be really skinny. Mm-hmm. And really gaunt as well, like they're. I can see that they're supposed to be kind of lithe and and whatnot. Yeah. And so um, I can see that fifth ed. Even the artwork doesn't really support that now, but I like that for flavor. Yeah. I yeah. want to be able to see a black dragon's ribs. I want them to be a skeleton. I right? yeah. I almost kind of like Jafar looking in dragon form is how I sort of imagine them. <laughs> I kind sort of like, like skinny and evil looking Skeletor. Yeah. I kind of like yeah, the Skeletor, idea that, yeah. like, its skin is peeling back. They're just getting more emaciated as they age. So yeah. it's almost like their little ones should, like, like as they get up to, like, the Should look fresh. Stage, and, yeah. They should look fresh, plump. And then as they age within their environment, that's when you see the emaciation come through. And I think that that's... Well, I, let me I tell like you that. guys about their lair actions as well. And their, rare, their lair actions and their regional effects. Because this is where we start to see a little bit more personality. Um, so, initiative count 20. That's when lair actions kick in. Uh, pools of water that the dragon can see within 120 feet of it surge outward in a grasping tide. Any creature on the ground within 20 feet of such a pool must succeed on a DC 15 strength saving throw. Or be pulled up to 20 feet into the water and knocked prone. I freaking love that. Why do you like that? And I know we'll talk about like interesting battle tactics and stuff later. Because but. now you're in difficult terrain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. And there's not a whole bunch you can do about it. I'm going to stand next to the water and attack him. Yeah, you think so. But on initiative count 20, you need to make a strength save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This goes back to a previous episode where we were talking about using the environment to kind of mitigate your tough players, right? Yeah. Yeah. My God, Megan! Thank you. You're welcome. That, that's called a callback. We should do it more <laughs> often. She's up. better at this than we Stop are. Stop being better as an hour on thing. Next one: a cloud of swarming insects fills a 20 foot radius sphere, centered on a point the dragon chooses within 120 feet of it. The cloud spreads around corners and remains until the dragon dismisses it as an action, um, or uses the lair action again, or dies. The cloud is lightly obscured. Any creature in the cloud, when it appears, must make a DC 50. D, sorry, DC 15 constitution saving throw, taking 10 or 3d6 piercing damage on a failed save or half as much on a success. A creature that ends its turn in the cloud takes 10 3d6 piercing damage. Now, I know that they say insects, but they mean mosquitoes, right? Like, that's what we're all thinking. This yeah, is not phase that makes spiders. makes a buzzing noise yeah. is what I imagine yeah. in my yeah. head. This yeah. isn't phase spiders. It's not, it's not giant wasps that are the size of a horse. Yeah. These are not a swarm of sturges even, yeah. right? Yeah. These are mosquitoes. Yeah. Like, if you okay. think, like, just, like, cesspools of where mosquitoes 
like live and breathe. Like I think there's even a point of like their area is usually very humid. Yeah. So to me, that's just what would breathe there. Right? Yeah. And I like this because basically it's it's not a whole lot of damage, but what it's doing is it's obscuring vision. Yeah. But it's uh it's making them work harder to do what they want to do. Okay, you can use that tactic. That's fine. But I'm going to punish you for it. Yeah. Even if my main action is over here on the left, I'm putting that over on the right because I know that's where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, last one. Magical darkness spreads from a point the dragon chooses within 60 feet of it, filling a 15-foot radius sphere until the dragon dismisses it as an action, uses this layer action again, or dies. The darkness spreads around corners. A creature within dark with dark vision cannot see through this darkness, and non-magical light cannot illuminate it. If any of the effects area overlaps within an area of light created by a spell of second level or lower, the spell that created the light is dispelled. I really like that. It's so much fun. Everything in this fucking game has dark vision. Mm -hmm. I love it when I can turn to the drow and say, no, 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 you do not see this. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but no. And I also like it because I like the sadistic nature of the, like it fits with the black dragon as well. Yeah. Because I feel like, they don't expressly say it anywhere, but I feel like the black dragon is going to hurt you until it can't, and it's going to retreat. Yeah. And so it would just, like, drop darkness and cover its escape. Yeah. It's going to rely on its surroundings and the fact that you have to keep your distance from it. This, more than more than even the white dragon, which we covered with the Arctic and whatnot, this is the one that feels the most reliant upon its surroundings. Yeah. Uh, what I'm going to say to you, Adam, because I know you, ra- you raised the point there, is that black dragons actually... If they, they are most likely to stay and fight because they are not willing to let another creature take mastery over them. That was something I looked into when I was thinking about uh, strategy. It does say it's somewhere in here in this wall of text. Yeah, but at the end of the day, once they get to a point where they feel they're going to lose, they're going to flee. They're smart enough to leave to fight another day, come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like what you're saying. I think that where. That's where its aggression comes from, but once it knows it's not going to make it, it's going to. It's going to piss off. Yeah, because they're lower on, on the totem pole, too, for dragons, right? They're only, like, they're below green, blue, That is and definitely red. true of other dragons. They will leave their lair if they're being invaded by a dragon that they know is more powerful than them. Yeah. Which um, is going to have some interesting campaign ideas for myself later on, okay? Uh, so the region containing a legendary black dragon's lair is warped by the dragon's magic, which creates... Uh, one or more of the following effects. The land within six miles of the lair takes twice as long as normal to traverse since the plants grow thick and twisted and the swamps are thick and with reeking mud. This feels like the thickets as well that the green dragon had, but it's not a labyrinth, right? It's... Yeah, I wouldn't do it as that. I would do it as... I would do it as thick, heavy mud that you just cannot... Instead of just like plant life flourishing and being thick and the plant life is difficult to get through it's just misery i was thinking like every time that you cannot see through the the opaque water that the fetid foul sour water you were trying to like walk through there's always black dark roots in there that you're tripping on. swamp of sadness for miles yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i I love how you use the word labyrinth because that's literally one of my ideas (laughs) (laughs) she said i will get it writing the idea down (laughs) labyrinth okay um, water sources within one mile of the lair are supernaturally fouled. Enemies of the dragon that drink such water regurgitate it within minutes. Uh, last one. Fog lightly obscures the land within six miles of the lair. Wow, that was brief. Okay. <laughs> it's foggy. It's, it's foggy. It's eerie. It's, it's misery, dark, right? It's misery. It's a yeah, swamp it's of sadness for six miles. Swamp of sadness. That's yeah. what we're imagining. We're for a six mile radius. Um, can, I, can I point out that I don't think enough swamps actually include the fact that swamps have like floating puddles of pitch right in it right yeah. where there's oil that can be lit on fire 
and there are swamp gases that can be ignited. I would have also as a regional effect, like almost a now roll a d20 to find out if you roll a one, there's an explosion. If you use a fire, a torch, yeah, or you're turning anything. a torch and you drop it by yeah, accident or, or, or yeah. fireball spell or anything, like I just feel like this area is flammable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like it for sure. Well, what I'll do now, guys, I'm just going to quickly run through from the Black Dragon Worm League the abilities and the stats that they have from the beginning, what improves as we go through, as we get up towards Ancient, and then once I've taken just a couple of minutes to do that, we can then start to roll dice and start to talk about our favorite parts of the dragons and, and where we'll kind of go from there. Megan's doing a little jig, is that? It's my jig. shake, a little jig. <laughs> it's my jig. From where does that originate? Uh, my new <laughs> white people dancing. That's all it is. I'm, I'm a white girl dancing. <laughs> <laughs> new Westminster, British Columbia. Okay, okay. So starting off with the black dragon worm, like the little baby dragons, start off with an armor class of 17, standard hit points of 33 or 68 plus six. That's pretty high for their CR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Mm, but especially since they are supposed to be of the weaker tier, it seems really weird. Yeah, but I also want them to survive at least it's, two Maybe rounds. because they are survivalists, that's why they have it that way. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think it's it's dragon scales give you armor, and that's it. Yeah. And they scale it very slowly up to the ancient, which has got an AC of some stupid. Yeah, yeah so. that's true. Speed 30 feet, fly 60 feet, swim 30 feet. Standard, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, stats real quick. Strength 15, Dex 14, Con 13, Intelligence 10, Wisdom 11, Charisma 13. What I want to point out here, and these stats get more exaggerated later on, is already their intelligence is noticeably lower and their wisdom is noticeably lower. Well, they're average. I, uh, the Wormling is as smart as your average human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So while it is lower compared to other dragons, specifically green as well, right, which we just covered recently, they're still smart. I, I I don't think that you're pulling a fast one on them. You still need to roll to fool them. It's not like a hill giant where I'm just going to let you babble and see if you can fool it. Yeah. Right? You're still working to try to get this one. Yeah, there's, they'll figure out. There's rolls. They'll fi- they might not know exactly what's up, but they know something's up. Yeah. Yeah, if you're trying to fuck Suspicions. with them. Exactly. Uh, saving throws are dex, con, wisdom, and charisma. Uh, skills, perception, stealth, damage, immunities, acid, shocker, senses, blind sight, dark vision uh, for 60 feet, and passive perception of 14. Language is just draconic at this point. Yeah, this is standard across the board for wormlings. Yeah. I mean, a couple of the actual stats, like the numerical values are a little different. But all of the only knows draconic, the saving throws and everything, it's the same. Yeah. A wormling seems to be just a wormling is a wormling is a wormling, right? There's nothing really. Yeah, you can't. And at that size of the creature, there's not there's not too many ways in which you can make. Too you many get a different immunity yeah. depending on which which kind of dragon. Exactly. But it's pretty straightforward. They're amphibious, so that means they can breathe air and water. Um, for actions, they have a bite attack, or they have their acid breath recharges on five or six standard. Uh, it's a fifteen foot line that is five feet wide at this point. DC eleven Dex save throw. No multi attack yet. I right. I love that it's a line because I think of Jurassic Park. Yeah. With the spit in the the Dilophosaur does. Yeah, with the little the fan yeah. ear things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and it's gonna change your tactics later on as well, which I'd like to talk about too. Yeah, I but I absolutely love the fact that, that it's a line and not a cone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So coming into young black dragon, then when we come up to um, to the large size couple of things are going to change. Yes, we're going to see some improvements in stats. Hit points are going to go up to 127. They have a multi-attack now because they also have a claw attack. And their acid breath goes up to a 30-foot line, still 5 feet wide. Now DC is 14 decks. But they get two two claws and a bite, right? That's correct, yeah. Two claws and a bite. Um, and they can speak common. And now they can speak common. Yeah, good, good eyes. Now they can speak common as well. So if this is going to be an NPC that you're going to have in your campaign... 
starting from Wormling, maybe building up for whatever reason, or you know they've just got to the young stage, you may want to give them a reason why they can now speak common. Um, I don't think they're just going inherently going to learn that. No, but, I mean their intelligence naturally is boosting because all their stats are mechanically they're mm-hmm. they're getting larger as well, but. I don't know. Languages in D&D are such bullshit in the first place. (laughs) There's so many ways around languages that it just... It stops you from wanting to take, and we won't go too deep into this because we're talking about dragons, but it stops you wanting to take things like the linguist feat, which I love because I love the idea that languages should always be a barrier. It should always be a role-playing part of the game, which gets stopped by spells like tongues. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm a I'm a big believer in. I mean, and I do this in my game, right? Where there are ancient runes that are in a language that no one has heard of, so you don't understand it. Even if you have some linguist feat that lets you do it, you can speak tongues, but it's written. Yeah. So it's not verbal. You don't know it, right? Yeah. So you're consistently trying to find a way around. Languages need to be a puzzle. Yeah, I would always in my game find some way to make languages a barrier even if you're speaking to a dragon that speaks draconic and does not speak common that is going to be part of the puzzle that is the puzzle we talk about puzzles a lot that's part so of what it. is one way that you think that a dragon could learn common especially a dragon like this that stays away um, from, from the, humanity from the parent from their parent their parent yeah 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 they, they'll, they, they'll stay with their parent for so long their black dragon parents are pretty shitty yeah because that's what i was but, gonna say usually they don't stay with their younglings that long it's basically well they no keep kid, they, they keep you up. they keep you until you're an adult or you're a young and then they boot you yeah right whereas some of the good aligned dragons will actually keep you through up till you're an adult mm-hmm. yeah um but like they're kind of shit parents but i think that yeah you would learn that i think that also these guys are sadistic they're going to grab the first human or halfling or whatever that they torture find it for fun and, and torture it for fun yeah. and listen to it scream and they're going to learn words like ouch and pain and no and yeah. stop first that's true and so i i don't know i think that that's a really interesting way of, of role playing as mean, well for maybe. role play is to have broken common yeah. as well as a young black dragon or your, any young dragon perhaps your english or your english your common is not the greatest um yeah. it's a, bit, a little bit more broken okay coming into adult black dragon this is where we start to get Frightful presence, which I know you have strong opinions on, Adam, and I agree yep. with your opinions on that. That it should be have much more of an impact. Frightful presence is a dragon, and you also get your legendary actions now. You also uh, get a tail attack. You do get a tail attack as well, yeah. But the tail is not part of your multi attack still, but it is there as an option for a legendary weapon or That's a correct. legendary action. Right? Yeah. So your legendary actions, you can have detect, so you make a perception check. The idea being, it's very difficult to hide from dragons. Tail attack. Um, and then you have your wing attack, which you already know that I love. Costs two actions, though, uh, for you to beat your wings. Um, each creature within 10 feet of the dragon must succeed in a DC 19 dex save throw or take 13 or 2d6 plus 6 bludgeoning damage and be knocked prone. And then the dragon can fly up to half its flying speed. Ab- Phenomenal for battle. I absolutely hate that it's dex. This is a wind attack and everything else wind. Gust and reverse gravity and everything. It's all strength checks. Yeah. Even telekinesis. Is my my um yeah, how are you my modifier wind? versus your strength? How are you? Yeah, I, I'm just gonna like twist out of the way of the wind. Yeah, I Fuck wonder that. if it's more of a concept where you can see them bat their wings, so you know what direction the wind is coming from. So you could technically jump out of the way. I don't know. There's so many different it's a things. Stretch. Yeah, there are so many different things in <laughs> in yeah. so many different subclasses which allow you to if you can see the attack and it's a deck save or yeah. evasion or all of this nonsense that the classes get to mitigate the the decks. I I don't know. I dislike it. The other things that you get with this are your legendary, legendary resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and your oh your. Legendary resistance, just to just to remind everyone, is um, you get three a day. If the dragon fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead. Three a day, and in combat, 
with the dragon, that's going to be huge. Yeah. Plus their legendary actions. You know, the dragons are meant to be this terrifying. But but they get big bonuses to their speed at that point too, don't they? For for adult. For adult, their speeds change to uh, forty feet ground, flying eighty feet, swim forty feet. They're moving faster. They're moving. Than, yeah, they're they're coming at you. It move. Um, moving up to ancient, nothing changes with the speed. Hit points go up. Something I don't. I know you're frustrated about is everything goes up, but there's nothing additional when yeah. it comes to ancient. Yeah. It, okay. I, I gotta ask because I always have to ask. They can use frightful presence as part of the multi attack, right? Um. No, the multi attack is the dragon. Oh, the dragon can use its frightful presence. That's correct. Yeah. And then it gets to take its three attacks. Yeah. So oh, wow. it boosts frightful presence first. Like it. It. it it hits the party with it, whoever's nearby. But again, like you just save against it, and you're and you're immune to it now. Yeah, which for is twenty four hours. Fuck yeah. that. No, it's a goddamn dragon. Smog comes at me. I'm shitting my pants every round. Yeah. You told right. me not to mention smog, and here you are mentioning smog. <laughs> That's true. Okay, hold on. Dragon heart, toothless. I'm trying to think of famous dragons. Draco. Draco was from uh, Slytherin. And Slytherin, yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Draco from Dragonheart? Draco is Dragonheart because yeah. it is the name of the constellation. I watch a lot of movies. Wow. So, so do I. No, that, that, that's a good... Um, Falcor. There we go. That's a dragon. There you go. Yeah. Uh, um, anywho. <laughs> anywho. Yeah. I don't know, man. Megan's good at tangents. <laughs> She's I'm almost, really good at tangents. You're as good as us. Excellent. No, I, I don't like the bump between ancient and, and adult. Yeah. Right? From adult... The only thing you're doing is adding the the mechanical difference. Yeah. The numbers get boosted, and that's it. They need to have something more to them. Some some points to note: frightful presence now up to a DC 19 sa- wisdom saving throw. Uh, the wing attack goes up to DC 23 dex save throw, and the um, acid attack is now a 90 acid breath is now a 90 foot line that's 10 feet wide. DC 22 dex save throw. Like that, I was going to say that wisdom save is tough, mm-hmm. for the, especially if you're going up against... That wisdom save Yeah, but tough, it's yeah. a CR 21, which yeah. means that your guys are going to be level 18 plus. Yeah. yeah. So they're making that save. Mm. They just are at this point. You may have one person that fails it, and they run away. Unless but, you have a bunch of stupid people that decide to walk into a swamp and not ignore <laughs> all of the signals, right? Okay, I feel personally attacked again. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. I would be so because as Terry, I would be so excited. There's a black dragon. Like, there's a fucking black dragon down here. We gotta go Let's find this it. black dragon. <laughs> oh shit! There's a fucking black dragon in here. So one of the things that that I would do here is I would ramp up or scale down for the adult version the layer actions. Mm-hmm. Right, the layer actions either need to be more potent. For the ancient or less potent for the adult. Yeah. So yeah. that you can feel the difference here. I the would, balance of it. The yeah. regional effects as well I would have to be to a lesser degree for an adult. So that if you had some sort of NPC tracker or even if you had a ranger that had, you know, favorite enemy or something, they would be able to tell you judging from the, the radius here of the of the regional effects, I would say that this is an adult or this is an ancient yeah. um, black dragon. So you know what you're getting involved with. Do you think they'd be able to feel it from like the distance though? Like um, I think to, to, I don't think the regional effects for, say, an ancient compared to an adult, I think they'd be much more exaggerated for an ancient. Yeah. How thick, how sad, how foggy the swamp is. But I mean, like, if how you're depressing. a tracker and you're coming to the edge of this, like, aura, shall we say, yeah. from their lair, how can they really tell? Adult would be like stepping into Winnipeg. Yeah. Ancient would be like stepping into Mordor. Got you. <laughs> 
I'm more of a. I, I still I, don't see the difference. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's the same for me. Yeah. But no, because I'm more thinking the concept of like wherever the dragon is, you would almost feel like from where it is and it spreads out, it would get slightly weaker and weaker and weaker as it goes out. But even yeah. So as you're coming into it right on the edge, and you wouldn't tracker, realize. Well, what about as you get? You wouldn't realize until you're about halfway through, being like, we've been going for about probably agree hundred feet. This means if we're not at the dragon now. This shit's big, right? yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the concept I would feel for the trackers. I would let them get in a little. I wonder. Bit I wonder how many DMs sit there and go like, "Oh, you're six point two miles out. Everything's fine." Yeah. Yeah. Fine. yeah. Five point nine miles. Oh, you're all fucked. No, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. too much mud now. You done right? fucked. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's even if this is six mile radius, that's for like the swamp of sadness type stuff. Yeah. I think even as far as eight to ten miles, you're starting to feel it a little bit. Yeah. 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 I and there's other things too that they're not bringing up. Like there are no. Um, there's no deer. There's no large animals anywhere in this area because this really thing no eats it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it may have insects and crocodiles and fish around, but you're not getting like... I'm trying to think. There's, there's no mountain lions. This thing is eating every mammal it can find. Yeah. Um, you would also notice things that like, oh, hey, you know what? The swamp here, we've been going through swamplands for the last two weeks but for some reason, the road here takes a radical left to the or a radical turn to the left, and it seems to go like out of the way to avoid this area. Mm-hmm. And that would be because everyone knows, don't go in that area. There's a goddamn dragon. Yeah. yeah. Right. So even like what direction the road is going should be an indicator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just watched a movie. I'm trying to remember what freaking movie it was. Uh, give me a minute on this. Star is grabbing it. <laughs> Is it a Star is Born? It is not a Star is Born. It that? is. Yeah, I've seen everything. <laughs> the Shrine. That's what it was. It was terrible, terrible. That I, well, I watched it like two days ago and I've already blocked it out. It's a not good horror movie. But one of the things that it has is this thick, thick, thick fog that doesn't move. Mm-hmm. No matter how windy it is, there's this permeating evil coming from this region and this thick mist doesn't move at all and it's very easy to get lost in. Yeah. That's something else that I would let your players see that coming. That that area over there is perpetually foggy and it never clears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they know, okay, that's where we need to go. I think that kind of giving them that foreshadowing, yeah. the hints before they even get to you notice the mist is getting thicker. No no no. Let them get up on a rise or or they've got a familiar that is scouting ahead and can see that this fog exists on the horizon. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that is how I would play this, especially for the black dragon, because this is about dread. Yeah. And it's you're not really negotiating with this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay team. Um well uh let's bring it into um rolling some dice. Uh, so we can talk about our favorite mechanical aspect. We can talk about favorite tier for combat. If you choose to go in that direction, go to combat maneuver. I know I'm excited about, and then some unorthodox usage. Are you ready? All right, let's go. I wasn't ready, but ah! oh, two sixteens and a four. All right, that's fine. Terry, we're rolling off. Everything okay. is fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got seventeen. And I got a thirteen. And you got a thirteen. So I go first. You know we're doing pretty well here. I think Dan second. is cursing us. And we never roll above an eight. No. Well, well, I am. I'm like, four. Well, <laughs> that's how it works. This dice box is very slanted, but that's okay. That's how we play. It's a very nice dice box, though. It is beautiful. You know Megan made this dice box? Well, Megan, that is... Terrible, isn't That it? is some <laughs> quality craftsmanship. It was my first time. <laughs> okay. Well, like all first times, I can see that it was sloppy, confusing, and uncomfortable for you. <laughs> so... And apparently, judging from this dice box, was over very quickly. (laughs) 
It's wonderful. I love it. Thank you, Megan. You're welcome. Um, okay, I'll talk about my favorite mechanical aspect first, and I'll bring that into a go-to combat maneuver. Uh, maybe some orthodox usage as well. Um, my favorite mechanical aspect may sound boring, but I'll tell you why. is the acid breath being that 90-foot line that we talked about earlier. Tell us why, Terry. I, well, I'll tell you why, Adam. <laughs> uh, typically, the cones, well, the cones don't go as far, as far as distance. So this means that you can get your, you can separate yourself from the enemy, your party. Um, you can get far, you can get away from them. You can do a hard, fast attack for the weakest party member and get that death spiral going quickly when they can't reach you. Cause that panic in that party that they, once again, are on the back foot reacting to your bullshit and they're not allowed to put, they are not allowed, they can't put their plan into place. So with that, my combat maneuver would be acid breath to what I would deem to be the weakest party member or the party member least likely to escape that attack, most likely one of the casters, 90 foot line, and then drop that dragon on top of them. So I'm flying, now I'm not. Boom. Take that little bit of damage to your dragon, but you're causing a shit ton of damage to one character, maybe taking them out of the combat completely, and you're starting that death spiral early. Because maybe one more person will get a turn, you can take a legendary action of a wing attack, knock them prone, and 40 feet flying, you're getting out of there. So you're in, causing damage, knocking someone out, making everyone else prone, and getting out real fast. Thoughts on that, Megan? <laughs> How about that for tactics? <laughs> I feel like you planned very a lot of steps ahead of time, like to see because like oh, it's Terry's go-to move is to land on a party though. Yeah, yeah, but I also feel like yes, like um, the dragon is built specifically to be able to detect if someone is sneaking up on it, essentially. Yeah. But you really haven't really planned for the fact that they might actually succeed at that. Oh, so, but I don't think the dragon's ego would ever allow that as an option in its head. Right? I know. Yeah, but they would I, never, I don't think the dragon would ever expect that to happen. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But in my mind, I'm like, because they don't expect that to happen, if they were to be... Like, let's do you have a team of rogues that just kind of throw themselves in there. Right? I'm already pissed off. I know. Everybody's already <laughs> mad. But, I'm just, but at the same time, it's kind of like the dragon itself, like if your go-to is like a single target attack, for a dragon that that's like its aspect is too not be seen, not be touched, like to start with that one single line attack. Yeah. It just seems for me and my tactics that I would use, which I'll get into later. Um, it just seems a little bit weird that that was the one first thing that he would do, but I like it a lot. Like the fact that you like, that the dragon to, would do that. Yeah. Like a well, single line attack at one target when he sees four or five people coming. Well, at it depends what type of dragon black dragons will, will strategically take out the weakest party member. Yeah. Because they know that gives them the advantage because they want to be sadistic so they want that time with someone eventually. Turn off to cause the that. clarity members pain because they saw their weakest link go down. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I can see that for sure. I like it. It's a lot of steps. <laughs> it is. Oh, that's how I like to think, though. I like. The I'm into it. <laughs> but you've seen me in battle from the other side, and you know that it, I can have the best plan in the world. It's not going to fucking work. Oh, so. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Adam. Oh, Megan, second. Adam, second. Adam, Excuse second. Me. Okay. Oh, well, you had more. Right? Do you have or more? Was, was that it? The um, last one I was going to go for was unorthodox usage, which yeah. I believe I would like the, um, the something about black dragons is that they will send their servants out and they will gather information on the other dragons in the area, the, uh, the, uh, the civilizations that are around because they, uh, they want to gather that information because they're very sadistic and they want to hurt people, but they also want, they have an ego where they want to feel like they are the best. Uh, or they want to know if they need to move because somebody's encroaching on their territory, which they're likely to do. So I would use a black dragon almost like a master of whispers or a master of secrets where they would have spies everywhere. And they would be an NPC that the players could go to 
to exchange something for information. Mm. And it would be very, that would be a huge puzzle and a huge undertaking for them to do. But if you can give something to that dragon that they want, they would have information that you need. It does give a reason for an NPC to, like, sorry, PC to actually approach. Have a social encounter. Like, why would, after, like, Three miles into it, the ranger goes, "Hold up, guys! Yeah. This is the black, the black dragon. We should peace out." Like it gives them a reason to actually go into it. Or even if they to get out of trouble, yeah. they could offer their services as a spy for that dragon to bring back information. I okay. You said to get out of trouble, and I love the idea of you're getting chased by more orcs than you can handle. Yeah, yeah. And you know that they won't go into the fog. Mm-hmm. Do you? Um, Ooh, it's, it stops. This is like a Princess Bride moment where you get to the haunted forest and they run through. <laughs> yeah. Can you t- please don't spoil that movie though? Sorry. For people that haven't seen it. Oh, my bad. Okay. Uh, it gets rid of the immediate threat, which in if there's an immediate threat, that's what you need to do. Yeah, um, that's out of the frying pan into the fire, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Okay. My favorite mechanical aspect, as with every one of the dragons, is the ability to swim. Yeah. But I got a question. This fog, this obscuring fog that it can see that um, no one can see through, and it's got a ninety foot line. Can it see through the fog? Does it have fog vision? Is that a thing? It is not, and uh, you hmm. would get blind sense, or, right, in order to. Yeah, right. But I feel like because the perception is so high on these guys, and they actually have that natural perception, you would almost be able to sense that it. It says fog lightly obscures the land within six miles of the lair. Right, but would you would you give the player disadvantage on a ranged attack if they're more than sixty feet away? I feel like it's a dragon. It's very large, depending on what size dragon. I it think is. they're specific on the lightly obscures. So I don't think I would. Yeah, no. I think it's more. It so it's an like atmospheric thing. It's atmospheric. Than, okay. it's atmospheric. Yeah. yeah, there's no mechanic in there. I don't think so. Okay, so then I'm a then I'm a big fan of them shooting the acid from underwater. Ooh. Ooh. Shit. Yeah. At 90 feet, why are you why are you coming out? You can breathe down there, right? Yeah. I think that they should see the big ass fin that's on the top of its head, mm-hmm. and that's it. It comes up and goes down, and like during its move, you can kind of see the direction it's going, but you don't know where it started oh, or where it's ending. The big fin, kind yeah. of moving over the over the water. Yeah, and so and and that's that's what I would really like to see is that thing just waiting. It's just chilling out in this gross, nasty, sour water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waiting for that breath chart. With the water that the dragon is in, would you have that cause you any type of acid damage? Coming off its body, even if it's just a D4. No, I wouldn't. Just because we've had dragons have auras in the past where if you're beside a red dragon, you take heat, you take fire damage in previous editions. They specifically did not include that in 5th Ed. So that's a homebrew thing that... If I need to beef up my ancient, the king of all ancient black dragons, maybe. Yeah. But standard black dragon, even especially like a, an adult or a young, I'm yeah. not doing that. Yeah. They do say that the water, though, is like, it's poisonous. You drink it, you vomit. That's essentially what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and then I don't remember what it said, sorry, about um, if an ancient dragon dies, does it then turn the water acidic or is it still just poison? Oh, I actually didn't mention that. But yeah, if the dragon dies, the vegetation remains at his, as it has grown but other effects fade over 1T to D10 days. Okay. So it doesn't change the water at all. I thought for some reason it changed the water. But... I feel like it should. Yeah. I feel like it should as well because every other dragon has regional yeah. effects. If the dragon dies, whether it be the blue dragon has a storm or whatever, um, or the, the plants from the green dragon, this, this one... feels... I feel like there should be... The swamp returns to a forest, right? Now, I feel like the, the land should be decayed, scarred, 
done permanently. Yeah, right? it's just a cesspool. Nothing should grow there. It would almost be like a new horde for a different black dragon, or like a new layer for it to find. Yeah, I don't right. like that. So <laughs> here's my unorthodox usage. I think that when you find a black dragon egg, because it never talks about eggs, and this is my other big thing in every one of the dragon episodes. Yeah. Adam's going to release a publication on dragon eggs. Talk to me about your eggs, Adam. <laughs> Megan? When you what? first... <laughs> Terry, please, we're doing something here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when you see the black dragon egg for the first time, it's scaled, much like all dragon eggs. You, when you think of it, they've got their the dragon scales all the way through. Yeah. I think that in order to hatch it, you have to actually submerse it in acid until the scales wear off. Yeah. And then it becomes so thin that the dragon inside can hatch out. Yeah. Almost like if that was the heat of a regular egg. It needs yeah. to be submerged in that. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I like the idea of your players, if they want to hatch this this dragon egg, they need to find enough acid to be able to submerge this thing. Mm-hmm. Or if they're stopping the cult from hatching it, this thing is submerged in acid. How are you getting it out? Mm-hmm. Right? I think oh, that yeah. you should be playing with pools of acid more with this. Um, well, leaning into the elemental of the dragon, essentially. Yeah, because yeah. there's not enough acid anything in, in D&D. We get shit tons of fire, some cold, and a decent amount of lightning. But I want to see more thunder, force, acid. And I would like them to define what the fuck poison is. Because I'm still pissed off about whether or not it's toxin or mm-hmm. poison or uh, venom. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. Are you are you listening, makers of six? Then <laughs> yeah, this has been this has been my complaint for a while. It's like what what? Okay, immune to all diseases. I need you to give me a list of diseases and mechanically what they fucking do. Yeah, talk, God damn. Talk to me about your diseases. Talk to me about your fantasy diseases. How's your disease today? Um, so anyway, that's that's where I'm coming from with this. The unorthodox usage, of course, for me is always going to be the egg yeah. and yeah. hatching it and what do you do with it. I think that that baby comes out. You are not taming a black dragon. You could tame a white dragon, like hatchling. Yeah. You're I, not taming a black dragon. I feel like, I know there's the, the argument for nature versus nurture. I feel like this is going to be heavily nature. They are just sadistic yeah. from birth. Yeah. It's just mean. This is just, they're, they're, it, it, they're just Damien from the Omen, right? Like yeah, they're, they can't help. They're, they take happiness. They think it's right to, to, to put their power over people, to dominate people. Yeah. They think that's correct yeah. from birth. Megan, it's your go. Cool. Um, I, before we do, I love that your unorthodox usage is the eggs every time, and I actually look forward to what you're thinking for each dragon. <laughs> what are your thoughts about dragon eggs? Yeah, I like it. Um, so for me, I feel like my favorite mechanic in general with the black dragon is going to be definitely its environment. We've already spoken to it a little yeah. bit, but I feel like it really speaks to the type of dragon that the black dragon is. It doesn't like people being around it. So mm-hmm. it specifically created an environment so that people could not get close to it. Mm-hmm. And then if that mm-hmm. does happen, it's given itself abilities for it to escape. I mean, as much as they all have their hordes that are hidden away, yeah. the Black Dragon, more so than the others, it feels sinister. Yeah, very sinister. Where it's just kind of like, I'm going to watch you torture yourselves trying to get closer to me. Yeah. And then as you get closer to me, you're going to get more and more pain. And by the time you get to me, I can just nom nom and eat you, right? You know, I really feel like it's, it's the, the natural side of the spaceships and alien. Yeah. yeah. Right? Where everything is dark and there's these large tubes yes. and stuff. Now it's roots and branches, right? Yeah. But the idea of the alien spitting this air, bleeding acid and like watching from the darkness and stalking, that's so black dragon to me. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. The fact that the dragon horde really is the, 
the remains and the wreckage of the previous people that have been there. That's I want to touch on that. In the that's section. what it takes oh, delight in. Is it doesn't care about your magic items or the white dragon? It was all about size, how big a it ship just wants it can to watch get. You fail. It just wants to watch you fail and hurt you and and revel in your bodies yeah. around it and and the wreckage of your items and your armor. Yeah. Right, which kind of leads me into like my kind of combat maneuver that I would use. Um, is because you're watching essentially this group of people coming in at you. You've done everything you can to kind of keep them away. So like you're kind of trying to plan your escape. And I actually kind of took this out of your book in one of these games. This dragon can cast darkness. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't even mention that actually in my tactics. I, I was scared you would because then I wouldn't be able to mention it. But That happens I, all the fucking time. That's okay. why I hate going last. <laughs> so in my mind, it will it will cast its darkness. And then cast its swarm into the darkness. And so you basically just stop them in their tracks. So if it gets too close, that's your escape plan. You just drop your darkness, put your swarm out, and then you just wait. Okay, mechanically speaking, does a swarm that is occupying your same space require vision to be able to hit? Would it get disadvantage? There's nothing mechanically about this, I'm asking. Standard rules as written is just... If there's a physical attack, then it's at disadvantage. I feel like it depends on the size of the swarm. Because the size of the swarm is pretty much the size of... I'd have to look it up and remember. is the same size as the darkness. The swarm it's is... It's filled in. So no matter where your people are, the swarm is around 20 them. 20-foot radius. So it, they're so going to get hit by it. Yeah, well, that's huge. I wouldn't say... Well, the swarms is 20-foot radius? Swarm is a 20-foot um, sphere, actually. Excuse it's me. large. Well, it's not a 20-foot radius, mm-hmm. right? So 20-foot <laughs> radius sphere. But a 10-foot radius is still quite large. Holy shit, 20-foot radius 20 sphere. 20-foot radius Whoa. sphere. Fuck, yeah, that's huge. So, yeah, it's going to fill the whole space. It's going to fill your space. So you're going to get stung. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's just it. I'm not I'm not making it hit with disadvantage on this. No. But I mean, it doesn't have to hit. This isn't a standard swarm in the monster manual. Yeah. This is a regional effect where you're rolling a save mm-hmm. against just taking damage. Right? I don't think the swarm needs to see to bite you either. What's the save? Con or dex? The, the save is... It's con, isn't it? Con save. But it's a 20-foot radius You're not getting swarm. advantage in darkness. No, fuck that. Yeah. Those yeah. things are hitting you. You're yeah. taking that. Yeah, I like that. You're, you're yeah, taking that. Right? And yeah. I like the idea. Are you saying dragon surrounds itself with darkness and then puts the swarm in itself? Or it's I would sweet. almost say like it would be in front of it. So you could, you're, you, he could still kind of like see and or Stay feel back, what's going But on they've got to go back. through that to but get to But they have to, to come out of the darkness... For them to actually get out of it. Oh, and the dragon won't be there when they emerge. Exactly. Or will still be there to watch their bodies. They just run right into its mouth. Right? He's like ready for them. But even so, that 20-foot radius sphere, so they can't really go over it with whatever fuckery they've got. They've got a dash to get through the other side. So they're they have no attack on the other. And you're using your legendary action to beat them the moment they come through. Yeah. You hit them with oh, the you're wings. Oh, you wing attack as yeah. soon as they come There's out. There's your favorite. There it is. Top it up. Here we go. Megan. How to, kill, how to kill your players yeah. with a black dragon. <laughs> I should be a DM one day, but maybe we'll see. <laughs> oh my god. I would love okay, it. Okay, what yep. does wing attack give you as well? 40 foot flying speed when, you, when you're when done. So they come out, wing attack, boom, knock them down. And out. if you want, you go straight through your own darkness and sit on the other side. Oh, it'd be like a dart attack. I wouldn't go through it because you got to make the con save. I would go over it and land. So they're looking at where to go, where to go, where to go. And then all of a sudden, almost like it's coming out of the darkness, the black dragon appears above you. Yeah. yeah. Then it lands on you because your DM is Terry. Yeah. That's true. And Fucking then, right. And then, and then acid attack. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, all of this is fun. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Marvelous. Okay. Um, should we cut to commercial? Uh, I mean, I guess. Here's the commercial. Hello and well met. 
It's Daniel, the keeper of arcane secrets. <coughs> mm. Sorry about that. Anyways, I'm here letting you all know that you could find and listen to the Call of Cthulhu actual play Halloween miniseries right now on the It's a Mimic feed. I have been anxiously awaiting the opportunity to share it with you all. So check your podcatcher, YouTube, or www.itsamimic.com to check it out. Thanks, and on with the show. Man, I gotta get this cough checked out. That was our commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Topic two, team. We're going to talk about social encounters, okay? So we'll roll some dice in a second. We'll talk about favorite social or environmental traits. uh, Favorite tier for social encounters, if you want to touch on that. Um, Allies and expectations, and maybe even a standard social encounter. But I'll let you guys choose which way you want to go. Okay, you guys ready to do this? I want to roll a die. That funny English accent you're just doing there. I don't know that's supposed to be me. Oh, is that a oh, one? Oh, it's a natural one. You just busted. <gasps> yeah. That's, that's cocked as fuck. What? That's it's just on an cocked. angle. That's cocked. That's what cocked is. I pressed is. it down. <laughs> it's just on an angle. <laughs> that's what cocked means, Megan. Oh. And you tried to turn my number over. I saw you do that. Terry got 12. Damn it. Megan got... Well, you didn't get 19. What did I you did get? I did not. No, it was a nine. It was a nine. Megan got a nine. Adam got a one, which means I'm going to go first. Um, one I, isn't for first place? It's the loneliest number. Oh. I am going to Two talk... Two could be as bad as one. That's true. It's the loneliest number since the number one. Oh, fuck. Just shut up. Don't... I should don't I get not involved. encourage? Don't get no. involved with okay, that shit. Okay, I'll do my best to tone it down. I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about my favorite tier for social encounters, uh, and I want to talk about allies and expectations. Adam, you all right? Yeah, fine. Try to DM an episode here. <laughs> you go ahead, man. Okay. Favorite tier for social encounters. Uh... Early tiers, tier one, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because this will teach uh, role play and winning encounters to the team without using combat, as well as using creatures um, as NPCs, as well as using the dragon as NPCs. When they are at a lower level, they're not, a, a, you know, a wormling or a young dragon. They're not as dangerous, but they will still have the same mentality, the same goals, the same desires. Uh, and I think that the social encounters. Early social encounters will allow, will allow your players to use the dragon as an NPC more than something, someone they can work with or make their campaign more interesting, as opposed to just meeting them as, as an ancient and it's going to go south pretty quick. Mm. Do, you, do you understand what I'm saying there? Yeah, no, I, I get it. I always liked them as, as young or as wormlings, uh, as an early kind of tier one boss, just because it's... Also, this is a drag. This is the dragon that you're more likely to encounter. I think out in the wild because they have a tendency to escape or run away if their territory is being um, overrun by a more powerful dragon. Yeah. So more likely, the younger dragons are going to be the ones that have to leave, where they're not as powerful, and they're going to be looking for a new lair or a new place to live. Really, so it'll be a black dragon has shown up in this region, mm-hmm. which is going to prompt you to go and investigate this. I like the idea, too, of, of, again, I'm all about the eggs, right? So they hatch the egg, and there's a wormling, and you went off to go fight the whatever minions, right? Before they can do it, and you didn't get there in time, yeah. you're level 5 capstone before you hit level 6, right? Yeah. Here's a big boss monster. Here's a fucking wormling, right? Yeah. And I know it's like a CR2 or whatever, but if you're even halfway intelligent, dragons always, always feel like they're two levels higher. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, last thing I want to talk about is allies and, uh, and expectations from black dragons. Um, so right there um, in the text, it says that uh, lizard folk typically a go-to ally. 
uh, for black dragons. That makes sense. I think they would worship their power. I think it would be easy to That's my favorite thing. That's manipulate. by far my favorite thing. I'll talk about that in mind. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of uh, turncoats and spies from even within human or humanoid civilizations that for whatever reason their own ambition or whatever are working for this black dragon. But I like the idea of the telltale signs of maybe their own skin. It starts to starts to corrode or starts to show signs of weathering from having to be in and out of this environment all the time. And if you're in there temporarily, probably not going to feel much. But if you're there every other day um, to report back to this black dragon, I think those start to be telltale signs in your skin. Uh, I also like the idea of the lizard folk as well, showing similar similar features and similar weathering in their skin yeah. uh, as the dragon would. Well, they did kind of say that they naturally take on like the aggression and like mm-hmm. like the the feelings of the dragon. My so. favorite thing is that they're so uh, literal. Yeah. And pragmatic to it there. They don't give a shit about doing good or the morality scale. Or they're not interested in your kingdoms or whatnot. Yep. They are here to survive for the tribe. And that is it. They're very lizard-brained. Yeah. And I love that. The idea that they can just be inherently twisted. And what, what I would do is... You guys seen like um, like crocodiles that have those the stripes... Like uh, the brown on green kind of stripes that yep. dinosaurs and look like watermelons. Yeah, 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 a little yep. bit. I would, ha- I would have those stripes. <laughs> <Don't tell them. laughs> I would have those stripes be black. Yeah, yeah. Right for for the corrupted um, lizard folk. Yeah, yeah. So, sure yeah, even out of humanoids, a similar thing sort of coming out of their eyes or something. I can kind of imagine. Yeah, they yeah. just have like like Alice Cooper eyeliner. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Touche. Uh, you were next, Megan. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I kind of wanted to play on a little bit of like a, a social kind of on a kind of like an, an allies and expectations kind of piece too. So female dragons tend to take the lead when it comes to breeding. Hot. Um, so choosing their mate largely based on the size of the horde of prostate males. Finally. <laughs> oh, wow, all we need is a little mission. Right, God damn it. I'm taking care of me. I'm taking care of you. What are you doing? Yeah, right? Um, so because of this, male black dragons would often like brag about their accumulation of wealth so that to, as to attract a female um, mate. My horde is so much bigger. Talk to me more about the size of your horde. Um, so that is kind of essentially their, their mating process. Um, but it, what would happen is if two females actually went for the same dude and same horde, um, they would fight to the death, and the male is supposed to watch them do it so that he can actually revel in the... This is some, uh, like, oh, cause, Amazonian cause shit going yeah. on. Well, because they're sadistic, right? He would yeah. enjoy... It's, well, it's uh, I can't remember what uh, bro code rule it is, but you never break up a girl fight ever. Right? So, you just yeah. don't. You just watch it. It just yeah. happens, right? I know that. I'm a girl, and it goes down. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> So I just wanted to be able to lean into that concept a little bit more because I feel like that's not something that anybody would really ever touch on in a campaign. I love that, though, because I wouldn't have thought about leaning in towards mating and stuff. Oh, my God. You take an adult, a female adult dragon that likes a, a male adult dragon. Yeah. But there's an ancient. And exactly. so you get the party to help you. Yes. Yeah, there That's we go. That's what going towards. Is that you've Let got, her do it. <laughs> yeah, you've got like either a young dragon or an adult dragon that really wants this horde, but they're seeing an ancient dragon that's kind of in your way. And so that's kind of a way to get a party to kind of assist you in the process of taking down this dragon so that you can, so that the dragon can move in on that horde. A question I legitimately do not know the answer to. Do dragons typically mate with their own chromatic color or their own yes. metallic yes. color? Yes, yes. They specifically cr- chromatic. And, yeah. and is that always the case? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this concept of the interbreeding does not... Uh, that's Tiamat. It will interbreed with any of the chromatic dragons. Right. But that's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like it. I also like the idea of your party goes and finally kills the, the male, the adult male dragon, and is pissed off both. 
of both the females. females, right? They kill the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, there's just so much that you can kind of do with that with personalities based on you the got his, his, You got his wife and a side hoe, and they're both mad at him. And they are pissed. I think it would be so cool. But that gives you the ability to kind of give personalities to your to some of your big bads, as mm-hmm. well as kind of gives the ability to, like, that your, your team did something wrong. Yeah. They made a mistake. And they need to do things wrong. Right? So they need to make those mistakes. Get messy. Make mistakes. Thanks, Miss Frizzle. But, like, that kind of process, no. right? <laughs> Nobody? No, no I'm, I'm with you. I'm Thank with you. you. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't. T- Terry grew up in the land of, of Permascowl. That's true. What is this? As I, I say, as I scowl. It's, mag- it's Magic School Bus. I, oh, It was yes. our science show as a child. And the humans, they like this? The humans, they enjoy it quite a bit. <laughs> and I shall enjoy it too. <laughs> All right. So we, you guys talked about lizard folk already. And you talked about the breeding thing, which I was going to bring up. Oh. Um, but I want to talk about environment for a second. Okay, because go. everybody's thinking swamps and lakes and trees. And I want to talk about ruins and pyramids. Okay. Lost in the swamp. The idea of stone columns that are covered in moss and vine that are being pulled apart by the land. And there are are sunken, um, like, two feet below the surface of the water is a cobblestone highway. I was going to say, you can put in, like, an actual, from this day and age... Yeah. Ruin. Yeah. So you have a ruin that is, like, this was only three generations ago. Yeah. There used to be a thriving city here. And this ancient dragon or adult dragon moved in mm-hmm. and now you have to go fight them but you they've got there's this whole city that is decayed and as a dm i'm doing like hey you know what there was a marketplace over here there's nothing left it is a big open area but the the stadium or the auditorium uh would still be there but it's like a, a swampy underground and there's lizard folk and kobolds everywhere yeah and like i want the idea of Originally, with Dungeons and Dragons, dungeons existed, and there wasn't really a concept behind why they existed. But the idea was that, especially in Forgotten Realms, is that there's such a huge history given to this region that you're always running across underground, subterranean places that used to have, they used to exist, mm. but the weather hasn't taken them yet. So you can go plunder these areas, right? And that's what they were for. That was the whole idea of there's histories built upon histories. <laughs> cities have been built upon previous cities. Yeah. And you get that with Undermountain and Waterdeep and, you know, Neverwinter and Baldur's Gate have both been there forever and they've got, like, labyrinths underneath them and shit, right? So... I want to see one of these has been swallowed by the swamp. I want you to feel the history of the world. And you're here for the long-lost magical item that's part of the Horde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. But it's in the forgotten city of Zorn, or whatever nonsense you're going to call it, right? Yeah. And now you have to go. And there are the local tribes of the sadistic lizard folk that aren't like other lizard folk. Yeah. But then you also have a black dragon. And that's that's your big thing that you got to fight. Yeah. That's more fun to me. Because you walk in, you you don't have to fight the black dragon. You just be like, "Hey, I'm just here for the for the glowy blue gem in the in the yeah. corner mm-hmm. on the wall that's still there." And and as a black dragonborn, I or a black dragon, I would sit there and go, "Yeah, you know, you can have that. I want the halfling." Yeah. But you all have to sit here and listen to him scream his final scream. And then, when that happens, you then turn on the party because they're one person fewer, right? You get them to like offer up an NPC. Yeah. Yeah. This is how this is how I would sure yes you can have that but I want your horses, yeah, yeah right and then you have to watch me eat your horses. I would want that more often. Also, do you think that with the big tusks they should have some sort of jewelry 
like like magical belts and stuff that have like Some like part of that as, wow. as, They've kind of as rings. Up. Maybe, yeah. but that's not what they take pleasure in, though, right? They no. take pleasure in the wreckage. No, I, I was thinking more about just like having bling. I was imagining that once you said that, and then you stated the fact that they do like the fallen humans and like the humanoids more, is having the maybe tusks, bones, but skulls. Maybe not even... Yeah. Oh, yeah, skulls. Oh, I'm thinking, what about the crowns of the fallen kings that they've... Yeah. Yeah, right. There right. we go. And so like they the look like horn themselves. rings. Yeah. 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 Oh. That's so cool. I'm also imagining when you were talking about just like the... Having almost like a hustle and bustling city of like lizard folk surrounding where yeah. this dragon is. But it's an actual functional city. Have you guys seen the movie Congo? Yeah. I'm thinking that no. kind of city as well. Yeah. Right? With with all the apes that are, like, the evil apes that are living in the old ruins. Yeah. Right? That's, but functioning. Yeah, like but... They have processes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're intelligent. Yes. That's cool. I, I love like that. that idea. I love it. Neat. All right, team. Do we have a shoot oot? Um, a shoot oot. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to keep saying it different every time. <laughs> well, Megan, you're the guest star, and I think... That we should shout you out again. Oh. If that's okay. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> I would like you to have two. Absolutely. Uh, so if you want to follow me, my... Um, I feel like the people have enjoyed you. I hope so. I would like to think so. I do okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram personally at, at Omega O, which is zero M-E-G-A zero. Oh my God. So it's that two zeros almost, with mega. In mega the in the middle. That was almost as complicated as Dan's fucking Instagram. <laughs> I know. It's, it was under, too many underscores in his. Yeah. And K's. Um, but mine was because like, Omega is my handle, but that was all I could really make that made sense. So, yeah. uh, but you can is follow it, me there. Is it because your name is Megan and it's A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So because my name is Megan, but also because my first video game that was one of my favorites was God of War, which is the Omega Yeah, level. yeah. Okay, cool. So, ah, oh well. my God, that's a happy accident. Right? Right? <laughs> name of my sex tape. Oh, good. Cool. The happy uh, accident with God of War. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, that Megan. wasn't an accident. I'm ruining your shout out. You're fine. It's, okay. it's a shoot out. It's a shoot out. ruining your shout out. A shout out. <laughs> a shit it. Nope. Not nope. Now. Please nope. don't. <laughs> please hold that in. Thank you. Um, and then if you want to follow me on some of my gaming, um, I do do live Twitch streams. Um, do do. Um, at, on Twitch with uh, three gays, one girl plays. Um, those are numbers, not letters for numbers. Yeah, we're not spelling three and one. It's no, the number three it's gays, the number, number three one. number three gays, one girl Jesus plays. Jesus, fuck. I know, we confusing. <laughs> but if you want to follow us on Instagram, um, it's under pretty much the same handle, except it's just the letters. So 3G1GP. I just remembered that. <laughs> 3G, 1GP? Yeah. So three gays, one girl plays, but 3G, 1GP. I'm into it. Yeah. I like it. I, I remember all of that. Terry looks confused. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want to follow us on there, um, we do video gaming every Monday at 8 p.m. Um, we're usually playing Final Fantasy online, but sometimes we will play D&D or any board game that we feel like playing that night. Cool. Thank you, Megan. Oh. We'll edit that out. <laughs> just, just we'll edit that shit edit out. out. <laughs> It's fun. Dan, don't forget to edit that out. See, the problem <laughs> is that they won't be listening to it on Monday because Mondays we are releasing the Deep Dark of Radiance Ooh. through October. So you're not going to see any of these hits until November. How dare I? <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm be saying. Be a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be like, why do we get so many hits? I don't understand. <laughs> All of a sudden, November is like, what has happened? Okay. Topic three, guys. Let's talk about campaign usage. So we'll roll dice in a second. We can talk about uh, when to use as a big bad evil guy, uh, when to use as a set piece encounter, when or how to introduce worshippers, and uh, and after that, we'll uh, each bring a single new creative idea uh, for this type of dragon as an NPC. Okay. But first, let's roll some dice. You ready? 
I'm not ready. I'm used to Adam having the black and red Darth Maul one, so. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I'm, I came second. I've been winning, actually, most of this game. I haven't even bragged about it. This is a beautiful die as well, by the way, this black and it's blue It's very one. pretty. Oh, natural 20. Oh, 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 good. <laughs> Don't touch it. Okay, Megan, you're going first. Cool. I'm going second with an eight. Adam is going third Best with a seven. Last. There we go. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I know we talked about um, lizard boat. folk. A boat. A boot? A boat. L- lizard folk? Like a boat on the ocean. A boat. <laughs> a boat. <laughs> Um, about um, lizard folk and essentially the worshippers of said dragons. Um, so I remember earlier you mentioned labyrinth. Um, I don't don't really want to have them go through a labyrinth. That's not what I mean. I'm actually referencing the movie The Labyrinth. I was going to say this is about David Bowie's package, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's absolutely about David Bowie's package. But more like sense, I'm thinking the bog of eternal stench. So if anybody doesn't know what that is, essentially it is a bog where if you touch a toe into it, you will smell for the rest of your life. And it's set within this large labyrinth in which they go through. Where? In which world? Where? Labyrinth. The, the labyrinth. The movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, sweet baby. Your fantasy cred hurts. So not seeing hard. Princess but, Bride, not seeing Labyrinth. No, I've seen Princess Bride. Okay, thank Have you? Okay. Just chopped up and in a fucked up order. Oh. I've never seen it all the way through from start. Uh, we're talking about the movie, you sick bastard. Oh, but no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> you do you. Um, so I'm moving towards the worshipper aspect of it because all I could really think about when I thought of the Bog of Eternal Stench in reference to dragons was um, uh, St. Ambrosius. <laughs> <laughs> the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what was his name? Sir... Oh, I wrote it down. Sir Didymus. Yep. Um, and the comedic aspect of that character. Um, because they're going through this treacherous road. And so I'm almost imagining kind of the same thing where you had this city idea of surrounding the dragon itself is that they're worshippers, but actually add a comedic effect to the fact that they're coming into this dark and dangerous place. So I do understand that, like, the dragon itself is supposed to, like, give this aura of negativity. It's supposed to be dark. It's supposed to be treacherous. But I always find that when I'm playing in games, I love a little bit of comedy. I just do. It's just one of those things that as a player I really enjoy. And I love it when the DM kind of leans into it a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it gives it a little bit more depth. Because if there's too much negativity and too much sadness. It's contrast as well, right? Yeah. yeah, it gives a little bit of contrast. So anyone who doesn't know who... I feel personally attacked. <laughs> who Sir Didymus is, he is basically a guardian of a bridge, and he is this little squirrel character that just starts yelling in a weird accent at his at the players trying to get across the bridge with a riddle, essentially. Not actually a riddle, he just says, you can't pass without my permission. <laughs> and then they have to they basically have to navigate, okay, well, can I have your permission? And he's like, sure. And then he joins the party, because he's not actually that intelligent. So I'm imagining the same kind of thing as kobolds, as well as other things, where they have this kind of interaction with the characters, and they actually have to get through different obstacles to get to where they're trying to get to. So if they are trying to get themselves through, these are the worshippers of the dragon that are trying to keep it safe, but also not very smart. Oh, I see where you're going <laughs> yeah. with this. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can actually get to the dragon trying to get through its worshippers and its people that are trying to protect it, because you're playing against their intelligence level. Oh, so Your the lizard's going to walk right through yeah, this. Exactly. Yeah, so that was a long-winded way to get there, but I'm hoping other people get those references and enjoy the little contrast piece. Mm, yeah. But um, but that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, is that the worshippers themselves are stupid, so... And this movie, Labyrinth, too. the people enjoy it? Oh, absolutely. God okay. damn it. <laughs> You'd like David Bowie's in it. Um, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a, a musical, I think. I don't know if you like musicals. I do. I, I have some favorites. Then you should probably... Grease 2 is my favorite musical. Oh, well... No, no, no. Pitch it. Come on. You know, his favorite die is named Stephanie. You remember my pink die, Stephanie? Stephanie. His name is Stephanie? Yeah, I said it all the time, Megan. Did you? 
You, like you literally all the time. Right yeah. Every time I roll it, Stephanie, it's, it's she's famous. the leader of the pink ladies in Greece too. Stephanie Zanoni, Michelle Pfeiffer. I feel like I block out a lot of things that you say. Cool. Okay, that's rude, first of all. <laughs> cool <laughs> rider. <laughs> if he's cooling up, he can burn me through and through. Oh, Good. Um, but that's kind of how I would utilize worshippers in a campaign um, to add a little sense of comedy to what people are doing. I think that's kind of a good contrast to how dark your battle is going to be with this monster yeah. leading into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then attack their hearts. Yeah. Love it. Who went second? That'll be you. Oh, I went second. Uh, when do I think uh, to be used as a big bad evil guy? I think early because I said before black dragons are sometimes forced to move out of their lair and go somewhere else and I think they should have an early encounter with a black dragon where they decide whether or not to build a relationship with this dragon or to become enemies and the consequences that they're going to be um, for both and then leading from that and when or how to introduce worshippers I think you should have both overt and covert worshippers with the dragons because they like to gather information they like secrets and they like to try and find various ways to hurt people uh, so I think yes you should have your outward lizard folk that obviously worship this dragon but i also think you should have more covert um sort of spies playing both sides as well um and have that be a kind of a wrench in your works for your campaign and how that's going to trip you up and a little bit more of an intrigue based campaign trying to figure out who's working for this dragon uh okay all right but how what do you mean so you're talking about the, the in- intrigue with the spies and whatnot what do the spies look like for a black dragon hmm. like what 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 are they doing to infiltrate because are they as sadistic as, as it is? Well, or? every person's different, right? So they have their own ambitions, their own goals. They clearly know that this black dragon will give them what they want. But what the dragon wants is information. That's what they do. They have their spies out there in the world delivering them information. That always just feels more like a green dragon thing just because they're, they're so, they scheme, right? Yeah, yeah it does seem scheming. Dr- green dragons is deals. Black dragons is specifically want in secrets and information. Mm. Specifically. Green dragon can be any type of deal. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Is that my well, turn? thank you for that well that reception <laughs> there. <laughs> no, Jesus look, fuck. No, look, I, I like the idea. We talk about about minions and spies and stuff all the time. We just never go into what that looks like, right? So that's why I asked. I understand. Like we, we talk about like the skittery kobolds, and that's as far as we go. But when you have Dragonborn and humans and I don't know who. What are, what are the other intelligent races that come from swamps? Like, could, could you corrupt a furbolg? Yeah, you can corrupt any. Okay, well, uh, okay here's the, right. Here's the thing. This is what I'm asking. What, what's your go-to? Once you know what somebody loves and what they hate, that is the biggest leverage ever. And you will get. I don't care who it is in the world. If you want to hurt somebody, as soon as you know what they love and what they hate, you can. You you have leverage on them. It weirds me out that you're also the one that gives dating tips on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And once you know what somebody loves or hates, <laughs> I'm very friend. <laughs> Good. It's, it's, it's my this turn. is out in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. That's not the worst thing I've said. It's okay. Okay, so uh, I taught people how to stalk other people once. Mm, Good. So my big thing about it is the fact that swamps, interestingly enough, have a little bit of overlap with some of the others. Whereas you're going to get your whites and your reds in the same kind of area because they're both kind of snow. Mm-hmm. Reds and mountains and whites and Arctic, right? So that kind of stacks. Blue doesn't really go with anybody because it's desert. There's nobody else that's that wants the barren wasteland that a blue dragon wants. Mm-hmm. But you do have greens and forest and black and swamp. So you can get into the, the power struggle there. Yeah. But one of the things that, because we always talk about the chromatic, I want to bring up metallic. 
the bronze dragon, their lairs are in coastal caves. And I love the idea of there being a benevolent bronze dragon in an area that the party interacts with. And then all of a sudden, people have gone off to see the the bronze dragon. Um, Like a fog moved in. And the bronze dragon now um, is acting strange. Nobody comes back from dealing with the bronze dragon. What's going on there? And the black dragon, they go there to, to... determine what's going on the wizard sends them whatever nonsense right and they go and they show up and the bronze dragon corpse is visible Mm. in the fog and that's when the black dragon strikes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what i want to see more of is the battle of good versus evil dragons and none of them are more evil than a black dragon Mm -hmm. i mean the red is more maniacal and I think that the the green is but more it's not sadistic evil. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not there to gently pull your fingernails out with yeah. tweezers. They have right? their own goals, but it's not their goal is not just the enjoyment of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really like the idea of ramping up the villainy by having a benefactor that you then murder with a black dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your black dragon, if you're going to make them a big bad evil guy, if they're going to be a centerpiece, no matter what tier it is. They need to take something away that the party loves. Yeah. You need to really drive home the idea of the sadism here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggle with this in my games because I fill my games full of evil creatures. But how how do I rank evil? Mm-hmm. What makes an evil god more evil than an evil necromancer? And what makes a necromancer more evil than an evil kobold? Mm. Right? And so a lot of it is motivation. But... I find that the best way to show your your players is to take shit away. Yeah. And the more you want them to to hate your bad guy, your big bad evil guy, the more you have to take. Yeah. So I would very much have them um, like, you know what? We got screwed three sessions ago and the bronze dragon swooped in and saved us. We were facing a total party kill. And we had this, this uh, Deus Ex Machina come in, right? And we kind of, we could rely on that a little bit. And we thanked him and we gave him his magical item and the bronze dragon was really nice. And, and then all of a sudden the bronze dragon, people are saying he's gone evil because they only ever see the shadow through the fog mm-hmm. as he murders people. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's. I like that concept, like playing dragon versus dragon. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. We don't, we just haven't talked about that enough here. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we've talked, I mean, the white was, was dragon versus Remoraz and yeah. green was really just a green dragon mob boss type yeah stuff we're talking about right um so he was more social but this one i feel the black dragon is out for the kill it's going to move into someone else's territory yeah and fuck them up and you could do it with the green dragon because they could turn the forest into a swamp but i also like the idea of the coastal so the black dragon flies in from the sea yeah and just lands at the caves and fucking wrecks house yeah right yeah and they do say that, like, um, between if you're going to have two dragons kind of in the same existence, if they're close to the same sea, like CR, they actually won't interact. No. Because they won't, they know that they're equal components, mm-hmm. so they won't fight each other. So you could almost pin that with the players, whichever dragon they get to first, be like, hey, like, if you help me get this territory, mm-hmm. I'll give you riches, I'll give you gold, or what have you. And then they go in and kill the other dragon, you find out one is evil versus the other one, you pick the wrong... Like, you know, again, giving yep. them that ability to pick the wrong or dragon. Or uh, which which evil, right? Yeah. Which evil do you go what with, level? you know? Like, Dancing with the devil, or you lie in bed with the monster, Adam. Right? That's what it all comes down to. Cool. Uh, well, can I lie in bed with the devil? If if you so choose. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. I mean... Last roll of the <laughs> dice... 
for our character, um, our unique ideas. Might not be too unique, but whatever. Let's roll them. Yours is super cocked. Yeah. That is cocked. That eight is cocked, and so I shall roll again. For an 11. Ooh, oh, you guys tied. We tied. Roll off for second place. What did I get? Seven? Uh, we got a five. five. I'll okay. go second. Adam will go first. Megan shall go third. Rightly so. Thrice. That means something happened three times, Megan. Does it? Okay. That's incorrect. Please <laughs> don't speak <laughs> until you your turn. <laughs> Adam, you may now speak. See, I give you comedy gold the whole time and you just fucking shit all over it. And then Terry insults your language and you laugh at him. This mm-hmm. is, I miss Dan. Yeah, I'm actually insulting the way that Megan is using my language, but yes, carry on. <laughs> Adam Dupont. Right. Okay, so um, I want a black dragon that um, worships death. I want an Orcus worshiping black dragon. Enough of this Tiamat shit. Mm-hmm. I want the to lean into. We talked earlier about the skulls and the idea of death and loving this sinister nature of pulling people apart piece by piece. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I want to lean into it, that he is just on board with the god of freaking death, right? Whether it's the Raven Queen or or Orcus or whatever it is, he's there to just... Maybe it's uh, it's Yinagu, the the Knoll, the super Knoll demon lord, mm-hmm. right? Who's just in there to cause as much chaos and mayhem and bloodshed as possible. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a dragon that does not worship Tiamat, and I would like Tiamat... To approach a good aligned party mm-hmm. to wipe out this dragon that doesn't that has broken ranks. I love it. That's I dragons are there's no difference except freaking breath weapon from dragon to dragon to dragon. Your layer is a little bit different, but mechanically speaking, you're gonna get your wormling and then your young and then your adult. Yeah. And they're all relatively the same power except for numbers, right? They all have the same legendary actions. I want to see a dragon break that rank. And there's nothing anywhere that says a dragon has to worship Tiamat. We just assume that the chromatics do. Yeah. So, so flip it. Mm-hmm. Lean into the sadism factor of it and make them go full evil. Because um, Tiamat exists, I believe, as she's a demon lord. Mm-hmm. She's a demon lord or, or an archdevil. I think she's a demon. I'm not sure. She lives on in the... She's trapped down there. Yeah, I can't remember if, if she's in nope, the nine hells. No, she's devil because she's trapped in the hells. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, she she sits between... She's surrounded by ice or something, I think. Yeah, she's trapped between level one and level two. That's right. And so I, I like the idea of there being a black dragon that goes, you know what? Asmodeus is more powerful than you are. I'm going to go hang out with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. I'm out, right? Yeah. But what about the dynamic that may come from if there is a threat coming from Tiamat? Do the metallic dragons lean on the black dragon for support if they have a common enemy there? I think that they would lean on a green dragon who's going to scheme more. Or a yeah. red dragon's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I could take her. Absolutely I could, right? Yeah. I would think that they would if they would shapeshift into a human and walk up and say, hey, I heard the team at his week. Wouldn't you like to see one of her wings plucked? Yeah. Who'd you mm-hmm. been talking shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I want to see, I think the black dragonborn is great for... Or Dragonborn. The Black Dragon is great for dragon versus dragon fighting. Yeah. Mm. Even though it's a lower tier, I think that you can have it move in and take over territory and fuck up everybody else. And they don't need a reason beyond because I can. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So that's what I like about them. Well, I love that. And that actually segues perfectly into me going second, which I like the idea of this power that you can lean on that at what point do you think that you can't control it? The snowballing effect. 
So if you, for whatever reason, start to build a relationship with a black dragon and you have a common, 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 a common enemy that you need to get rid of in in the form of a dragon, (laughs) uh, particularly, definitely. And you know, you can use that black dragon to assist you with that, to remove that other dragon threat. But they come in, they're going to get a little bit more powerful at this point. They have a bigger territory. Now they have more followers. Now they have more, their own threat becomes more. But as the tiers go on and the threat level increases in the game, your players will find a time where it's, do we roll the dice again? We know this black dragon can help us again here. Maybe yeah, they but do it again. So evil too, right? Yeah. Like having a party with a lawful good paladin in it that has to uh, like ally themselves with yeah. a, a black dragon. That's interesting. This is the sort of morality in the conflict. I want to lean into the personality type as yeah. much as you would approach a green or a red. I wouldn't approach a white. I would try to subdue a white and then get it get it to do what I want. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I think that like the black is so interesting because it's, it's a double edged dagger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You are going to cut yourself as you cut your enemies. And, right? that, and you will know the party will know that they're going to cut themselves if they continue to play with this. But how many times can they get away with it? And every time it seems more essential, more critical that they try and roll the dice again than last time. And over the course of your campaign, which can go on for weeks, months, years, whatever, how many times is someone going to say, we can't beat this thing? I know one way that we can. Yeah. Are we really going to try that again? All right. Okay. I'm sorry. We totally missed something really obvious in the mechanics thing that you just, you were speaking about. Oh, yeah, this. We could totally send it off to go deal with the evil warband of orcs over there because we can't face them. But, of course, the Black Dragon can. Yeah. It doesn't work with Ice Breath or Fire Breath or Lightning Breath even or the Poison Noxious Cloud. But why do you not fly up 300 feet, spit acid, and watch it rain down upon your your enemies? Why are you not literally raining acid on a town and melting it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it has has acid resistance itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. um, Immunity. Immunity. So I remember listening to something and I was uh, about the concept of if you end up in a jam with a black dragon where the PCs end up climbing it because... Yeah, because like because PCs because PCs the bard wants to ride a dragon, yeah. and then yeah. having it rain down on top of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a fantastic idea. I like the Defense idea, perfectly justified, of yeah. creating a rain, and this is the only chromatic dragon that can do that it. That can do it. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So sorry that I derailed you, but that no, just, I was pretty happened. much done. But you added it's onto it. It was segue. great. Cool, Megan. Um, that was a good semen segue. I like it. No, no, close. <laughs> Close. Oh, uh, no. I'm not even going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> not going to touch it with yours, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. 10 feet. Oh, I'll take, yeah, you know what? Oh, lordy. Um, I want to lean into more of the um, cult factor. Um, kind of touching on what we talked about earlier about kind of having this dragon be able to control and speak to humanoid creatures. So, yes, it wants the destruction of humanoid creatures. But what destroys humanoids more than anything? Other humanoids. So I'm imagining this dragon creating a cult of other humanoid things. And I actually got this idea from watching Tarzan. It finds like a young humanoid that it grows up with it. It becomes almost like a paladin-like worshiper. So it has powers. And then it begins to build this cult around it. Kind of like the city, again, that you're speaking of around this dragon. And then this cult actually gives like, because it's sadistic and loves the pain of humans, they constantly, as a worship, have to constantly injure themselves 
as a warship to this to this dragon. I'm thinking more warlock here, but I see what they're all I, know, I, know, I, I love playing on alliances, and paladins believe in their alliance because of their faith and their just and their worship. Like, and I just feel like that's the like kind of bond of an I would want to have. It's more of an oath. It's not more yeah, of. I a, could I could even see a war cleric. Yeah. Right. That's like I I I'm, I absolutely love. this. I love playing with the alliances of worship characters, and I, I, I love, love the idea that it gets this this child. And then warps it through pain and torment and torture. Oh, that's like and, long-term enjoyment. As yeah, well. yes. and, and keeps and it builds it, keeps this cult to keep feeding it until it's like forty years old and just covered in scars. Yeah, and is the leader of the cult. Yes, that's just like and bring me a victim. Yeah. So when right. you see this person, like it's just covered in scars, covered like your scars are almost like a visual of your worship to this dragon. Yeah. And so when you come across this cult, you don't know they're worshipping a dragon. You just see these people injuring themselves. Like, for your PCs, they're going to come to this place where these humanoids are destroying themselves. you got to be very aware of your party and not hitting a trigger warning with this, like, self-harm Absolutely. Shit as well. Absolutely. So if you have one of those parties that where you, again, at the beginning of games, you need to kind of assess those, like, boundaries that yeah. people have. And if you know that that's within their boundary, it's something you can kind of play and, like, lean into. Oh but. my god, I love the idea of the more devout you are, the fewer limbs and ears and right? eyes that you have, right? So the more scarred you are, like the the grand priest it has one freaking leg that's severed at the knee and yeah. no arms yeah. and no lips. It's been melted off by the acid. Yeah. No facial features and just kind of like... Tattoos yeah, of acid, blind, all that kind right? of stuff, yeah. right? And these people are warriors. So they've built war clerics or things like that. So they go and they destroy kingdoms for their dragon. Oh, my God. And the, and the lizard yeah. folk, because they're lizards, can regrow limbs. And so they're consistently lopping their own hands off and shit. Yeah. That's dark. I know. I'm Megan, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> now now it's a mimic. Yeah, you, you've joined Terry and I in the dark side. Dan's not welcome back. <sighs> it no. feels weird without this, like, there's no light here to try and keep us on the rails. Yeah. Sorry, oh, it's fam. beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It's like, it's like the first time I heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm spacing out. I'm like, how would I make this like cult of like tailless kobolds and shit? Like yeah. it's it can get so dark. And you can interact with this cult without even knowing that they're following a dragon. It can be something that comes up like months down the road in your campaign, right? They, they run across the one kobold that is just like it has it has one arm. And no other limbs, and it's crawling out, and it is dying. Yes. And 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 they run across this cobalt. It's like level two, yeah. and they're like, "Oh my god, what did this to you?" And he just looks up and says, "The most wonderful thing in the world," and just dies. <laughs> and you don't get any other hints for another like six sessions. And like, that's cool. Yeah. That's dark. I'm into it. You're yeah. welcome. Love it, Megan. Definitely <laughs> take a note. <sighs> Holy shit. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, let's wrap this sucker up. Um, okay, so let's do our contact information. So you can catch me at SendNoobCND on Instagram, Megan. You can catch me at, at OmegaO, which is zero M-E-G-A zero. You can catch me at Rusty Styrofoam. You can catch any of us at It's a Mimic on Instagram, It's a Mimic DND on Twitter. We got a Facebook page, info at It's a Mimic.com, www.itsamimic.com. And on that bombshell, we're out. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? 
send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Okay, so, Megan, I need to know, because we did What Would You Do During the Purge as a cold open not long ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah, what yeah, would you yeah, do yeah. as a... Murder. Not, not, <laughs> yeah! One of us. One of us. So so Dan said that he would go up in an apartment building and cut the power so that whoever comes up 20 flights of stairs would be exhausted. Yeah. And he would murder them there. Terry just wanted to, like, feel their breath on, on his face as he murdered them with a knife. He was going to be all stuff. Oh, my hands if I could, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I said that I would, I had a four year plan on how to, like, like steal. Like, if everything is. my idea to four year purge plan. He wasn't <laughs> if, just thinking year by year. If, if you're going to, if everything is legal, then I'm just going to steal all of the investments off of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then, and then I would buy myself a yacht or a compound. And so. Okay. So I would, I would hack and that would be my thing. And I would just have to live three years. On the fourth year, no one could get to me. No, I'd be one of those girls rollerblading down the street in like a skirt and a clown costume. All of the LED lights and, and stuff. Like, yeah. And like the Mustang. Yeah. You've, you've, got, you've, you've got like rave music playing in your head. Yeah. You're Motorcycles like, and shotguns. That's how it would roll. Love it. Yeah. Love for it. Sure. Who, who are you aiming for? Hmm? Of me, Dan, and Terry, who's your first target? Oh, out of the three of you? Yeah. Ooh, we we didn't ask you. us this. I would help you, so. I feel like... Terry's also the, the most likely to turn on you. I tr- I'm not, because I because I have respect for what you're doing. I'd drive your rave van. Uh, I feel like for if I was to actually be in that concept, I would probably go for the weakest link, which in my opinion would be Dan. Sorry, Dan. (laughs) 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 Then it would be Terry, and then I'd keep you around. What the fuck? I'm driving your van. Who's going to drive your van? 